Wondering how to navigate local, city, state, or the federal government in order to grow your business, secure funding for your nonprofit, or advance your organization's agenda? Welcome to Lobbying Insider, a podcast that brings listeners to the intersection of business and government to provide a rare perspective on how things actually get done. We will dive into some pressing current issues, provide keen observations from the past, and keep an ever-watchful eye on what's coming next. I'm your host, Zach Fink. Glad to have you with us. A request for a 250% zoning variance is an absurd request, one that destroys the neighborhood. This is a vanity project. It is a monument to Michael Dowling. We are all in favor of a better Lenox Hill Hospital, but not a bigger Lenox Hill Hospital. And good to be with all of you. Today we are going to discuss a very interesting issue affecting primarily the Upper East Side of Manhattan, although there are also citywide implications which we're going to get into. I am joined by the members of the Committee to Protect Our Lenox Hill Neighborhood. Stephanie, let's start with you. Hi, I'm Stephanie Reckler. I joined the Committee to Protect Our Lenox Hill Neighborhood. We are opposing Northwell Health's building a 434-foot tower on Lexington Avenue and 77th Street. And and you can just give us your name and info? Good afternoon, Zach. Uh, I'm Andy Gaspar. I live across the street from Lenox Hill Hospital. And it was to my great surprise four years ago when I received an invitation from another neighbor uh, who announced that uh, Northwell, the owner of Lenox Hill Hospital, was planning to build the tallest hospital in New York City across the street from my window. Right. And that certainly got our attention. It sounds like it. So you, both of you have been working on this issue for, for a number of years. It's obviously a big concern. Stephanie, you're starting to get into some of the, the concerns that you have about this. Northwell Health, which owns Lenox Hill Hospital, which has been in the neighborhood for about 100 years, right? 150, the hosp- yeah. 150, the hospital itself, staple in the neighborhood. They want to do this expansion, but the plans for this expansion are very large, what many people consider to be, and certainly the members of your group, out of scale with the current neighborhood. Tell us just some nuts and bolts, Stephanie, in terms of what they're talking about. You're talking about 11 years of construction for starters. Correct. 11 years of construction. Just coming down here today to talk to you, Zach, there was standstill traffic on Lexington Avenue and 79th Street. What is it going to be like for ambulances uh, trying to drop off patients once the construction starts? The plans for the new hospital on 77th and Lexington Avenue call for an entrance on Lexington Avenue to further block traffic. That is a big concern and nobody has yet addressed that. Couple big concerns, not only the construction, the sort of pollution that's associated with construction, the delays, the disruption that it will do to the neighborhood. Traffic already, as Stephanie mentioned, is very difficult in that neighborhood. It is a tightly packed community. It is small. A tower that's over 400 feet does seem to be a little different than the character of the current neighborhood. And I'm wondering, could you just talk a little bit about that, uh, plus the general disruption that that people are concerned about? Well, Northwell Hell has asked for a zoning variance. Uh, We do that all the time when you want your fence to be six inches higher than it's allowed to be. The request that they have is 250% of what is currently allowed. So you can imagine how that will look in a neighborhood 
that has very tight uniform uh, height restrictions and uh, it, it sticks out to a point that's extraordinary. Not only is it a very tall building, but it's an extraordinarily fat building. So the density of what they're proposing is something that's unprecedented in the Upper East Side. You will only find this kind of density either in Odds and Yards or in Wall Street or somewhere here uh, where we're doing our broadcast from in downtown Manhattan. And when it comes to hospitals, the Upper East Side is certainly a place that has a number of hospitals, but for the most part, they're not in residential neighborhoods, right? In the sense that they face a park or they face the river. We had a very successful town hall. We packed St. Jean's High School's auditorium to 400 people. And one of the lead-off speakers was uh, Senator Liz Kruger, who said there is no need for another hospital in this neighborhood. There are five world-class hospitals already on the Upper East Side, and there is no need for this hospital. She quoted CEO Michael Dowling when she pressed him on why are you putting it here? And he finally said, oh, because it's near Bloomingdale's. Well, we don't need to be a hospital near Bloomingdale's. Excuse my retail knowledge, but there are other retail stores in the neighborhood. We don't need and to be to have a hospital near Bloomingdale's. That's ridiculous. Right. And in terms of what we know about the project itself, right, there is not a lot of information. We know that what we've heard from Northwell, they've been a little opaque about their plans in terms of what they actually want to do. We know that, for example, they're not going to be gaining many more new beds by this reconstruction, correct? I mean, they're basically trying to make it so that people don't have to share rooms. It would be single occupancy. What can you just tell us about that, Andy, in terms of what we've learned so far? Well, Northwell Health has uh, made a number of filings with the city, which really has been uh, the basis for almost all the information that we have. Uh, That's where we found out how tall it's going to be, and uh, that's where we discovered that they plan to operate, keep operating the existing hospital throughout the construction period. Now, you can imagine that's a pretty tough thing to do. Yeah. And uh, it is because of that need to keep the hospital going while you're constructing, not on an adjacent block, but on your own block, that has led to an 11-year estimate. This is Northwell's estimate for the length of construction. They've also estimated that it'll cost $1.6 billion, billion dollars to build this new structure. And at the end of the period, we'll have 25 more beds and five more operating rooms than we currently have. Now, the financial decision, of course, is not ours. It's Northwell's. Right. But to spend this kind of money on adding 25 beds and, uh, and five operating rooms is absolutely absurd. The return on investment doesn't seem something that's it, necessary. It, right? it, it seems uh, uh, totally not necessary and, and not warranted. Andy, I might add that they don't have a need for more beds. They're only running at a 70% occupancy rate. Currently, birth rates are declining. This is an unnecessary project and... I might add that no construction occurs in New York City on time and under or on budget. So this is a ridiculous endeavor, and I call it the monument to Michael Dowling, the CEO. 
And we know that when we're dealing with a construction project of this size, if the estimate is already 11 years, I mean, we know what it's like to do construction in this city and what we've witnessed in our own neighborhoods with buildings going up and how long it takes. There's unforeseen consequences. There's unforeseen delays. You could have a weather event. There's all kinds of things that could push out that timetable even further, which means more disruption to the neighborhood. And I I, I guess that must have caught your attention just hearing the fact that their own estimate was 11 years. You know, I get upset when Conrad digs up the street in front of my house and for two weeks I've got to go around it. Uh, The thought of living in a construction area for 11 years is beyond imagination, truly beyond imagination. One of the things about the neighborhood that we live on, I would say it's one of the more successful neighborhoods in all of New York. It has functioned well and efficiently throughout all kinds of stresses, including covid and the idea that for 11 years we'll be living in a construction zone has made us all both very scared and very angry. It's probably the number one reason for our opposition. Yeah. The doctors who will be working there will be working in the equivalent of a war zone. Northwell hasn't really informed them of what it will be like to keep half of the hospital operating while the tower is being built. And another thing I think everybody should be considering is that how medical services are evolving currently. And in 11 years, this monument to Michael will be out of date. What will they do with 434-foot tower? Michael Dowling has said himself that medical services are evolving and that the hospitals will really be mainly ICUs for the very sick, whereas most medical services will be delivered outside of the physical hospital. It's a very good point. We, we've just seen a huge evolution in terms of the delivery of healthcare just in the last several years with the emergence of urgent care, for mm-hmm. example, in neighborhoods. People are, seem to be trying to get away from hospital visits if they can avoid it. Hospitals have certainly been trying to get patients out a lot faster and not keep them overnight. And with medical advances, they've been able to do that. So you, you push out something like 11 years and you start to think, well, if healthcare looks different from five years ago, what's it going to look like 11 years from now? Look, there's no question that Lenox Hill Hospital needs renovation. You mentioned at the outset that it's a 150-year-old facility, and some parts of it look it and feel it. Right. Uh, I, I speak from first-hand experience. Uh, all four of our children were born there. I've been there for operations and emergency services. It desperately needs upgrading, which we support. Right. Uh, however, uh, in a world where... Uh, the nature of healthcare is changing. To spend a billion six on constructing a tower that is two and a half times the allowed limit in a neighborhood that doesn't need it and doesn't want it and where it actually doesn't fit seems to us absolutely absurd. And I do want to get into, because there's a, this other issue regarding health equity around the city. We are coming out of a 100-year pandemic, which exposed kind of fault lines throughout the city of where healthcare is most robust and where it is most needed. Certainly, one could argue that the epicenter of that pandemic was in parts of Queens, which really was hit very, very hard. If there are so many hospitals in Manhattan and on the Upper East Side in particular, it does beg the question, why aren't more facilities being built where the need is. Northwell has other properties, for Mm -hmm. example, throughout the city, other areas where they can go. 
And I know that you have contracted with an expert who's, who's actually done some of this research. I'll just give you a couple statistics, Andy. I know you have some handy as well. Uh, but the per 1,000 people, the hospital bed per the population per 1,000 on the Upper East Side is the highest in the city. It's 9.66 beds. Now, you compare that to something like Brooklyn, which is two compared to 1,000 people. So 9.66 versus 2.02. And then you go to Queens, and it's even it's even lower. It is, it is what are my statistic right here, it's 1.6 for the borough of Queens. So that is, to me, where the need is. Even in Manhattan and Chinatown, it's 0.3. So even within one borough, uh, we have a huge uh, uh, change from one uh, end of Manhattan to another. And uh, that is, is one of the many supporting statements that we submitted to various New York City agencies saying there is no need in our area, which is already overbedded with hospitals and which has the highest number of beds of any community in New York City. And there is this argument to be made at the state level. Uh, you mentioned Senator Kruger, for example, Stephanie. She gave a, a, a very powerful speech at that town hall that we held in September talking about and questioning the very need. And And the state has been going through this. They've been trying to establish where these facilities are most needed and doing a health equity assessment of a neighborhood before something is built or, or rejected based on what the community's needs are. So there is perhaps an outlet there to make to make your case. There is indeed, and there is a new state law uh, which requires hospitals to file a certificate of need and justify uh, what they're doing and why they're doing it before they get permission. That's especially important here at the state level because it is our understanding that Northwell is going to seek dormitory bonds up to a billion two of dormitory bonds uh, in order to finance this project. And that is a very large commitment for the state to undertake. And I think they want to be quite clear about uh, why are they spending this money and is there a benefit compared to many other places this money can be spent. Is there an argument to be made that some of the big healthcare facilities want a flagship Manhattan hospital? In other words, just to, almost just to be able to say where we have a presence in Manhattan, where it's our most robust facility. Stephanie started with that quote from Michael Dowling, uh, certainly true of Northwell, which is a Long Island-based uh, hospital. Its strength is on Long Island. Uh, they have several hospitals uh, in Manhattan, but they're all older and mm -hmm. smaller not only Lenox Hill, but uh, New York Pioneer. They have an ambulatory uh, center downtown. And having a, a major uh, presence in uh, Manhattan is apparently very important to them. And it's funny because you see, you know, you have Mount Sinai just to the north, right, uh, on Fifth Avenue. You have NYU, a sprawling facility mm -hmm. down in, in the 30s, down down in Kipps Bay. Uh, and I even was looking on the, on the Upper East Side, the far Upper East Side with, with Cornell and, and with Sloan Kettering. There's a big expansion project going on over there already. HSS, another one that's yeah. building uh, a huge facility. And as you pointed out earlier, those big towers all either face a river, it's even true on the other side of Manhattan where Columbia overlooks the Hudson River, or like Sinai there on Central Park. Yeah. This is the smack dab middle of a very dense residential neighborhood where it doesn't belong and where it absolutely destroys the very nature of this iconic community. And that neighborhood is a is an old community. There there, there are historic buildings there. It's right? a it, landmark it, community. It's a landmark community. This this doesn't seem to really fit in with that character. Is it fair to say? 
You talked about Michael Dowling wanting presence. Well, here is a quote from Michael Dowling. You have to have such a facility in Manhattan to be continuously relevant in New York. This is a vanity project. This is his desire to give Northwell the name he thinks it deserves. It certainly out on the island uh, is very deserving of a very good name, but he feels that this vanity project will give him more credibility here. And you know, it may, uh, but that's his concern. Our question is, is it good for the community? Right. Is it good for the public? If you're going to have a billion two of public bonds, it better be good for the public. If you're going to ask for a variance in zoning laws, it better really benefit the public. And by every evidence, this only benefits Northwell's ego. It does not benefit the neighborhood in the least. And, you know, Lexington Avenue is, is pretty narrow, right, in, the, in that area. It's the narrowest avenue on the Upper East Side. And I can't imagine, having experienced gridlock today, what gridlock will be during construction and beyond. It's not to say we are not in agreement that the hospital is outdated. We would like it to be better, to quote Andy Gaspar, better (laughs) but not bigger. Better is not necessarily bigger. Correct. (laughs) Right. Correct. It's an important distinction. And the reason for 11 years is the fact that they want to keep half of the hospital operating rather than tear down the whole site and build within its zoning envelope. And we have a number that they, if they built within the zoning envelope and wanted to be bigger, they could be broader and have a 40% more space. So the fact that they don't want to tear down the whole hospital at once is very selfish because it will take much longer. And as I mentioned, their doctors will be working in a war zone. And the war isn't on the Upper East Side. The war is elsewhere in the world, not on the Upper East Side. And I did want to touch on what you said earlier, Andy, because I I think it's a good point. Just in terms of the zoning, and Stephanie, you just hit on this as well, the zoning is there for a reason, right? The zoning is done specifically to prevent something like this that is completely out of character from taking place. So they're asking for a huge accommodation. I I, I don't even think accommodation is the right word. (laughs) A major change. (laughs) As I said at the outset, you add six inches to a fence, that's an accommodation. 250% change is is something altogether uh, different. And the hospital does need uh, help. Our windows face the hospital. On 77th Street, ambulances arrive throughout the day and night, and there is no place for them to unload their patients. So they stop either along the curb or if two or three come at the same time, they stop in the middle of the street, uh, take the patients inside. It takes a few minutes to check them in and come back. During that period of time, the ambulance has blocked the entire traffic on 77th Street. You can imagine the horn blowing and, and, uh, and other uh, noises that come out of people waiting for that to happen. Right. Uh, the obvious solution to that is to have a 
drive-in or drive-through ambulance bay. This new construction does not provide for that. On 76th Street, the hospital receives trucks uh, all day long, picking up laundry, uh, getting rid of waste, and getting delivery of everything from medicines to sheets. That is uh, an extremely narrow street, and these tractor-trailer trucks, uh, in order to try to maneuver in, block all of 76th Street while they're unloading. You would think that a drive-through facility would also make a great deal of sense. Yet the new design does not allow for drive-through trucks, nor drive-through ambulances. There's no provision for parking, and uh, there's no provision uh, for the public to access uh, this new space with, with new people. So it is a deficient plan in many, many respects, and we can't imagine what the trustees are thinking if they want to approve $1.6 billion of new expenditures on a vanity project that doesn't solve existing problems. I did also want to touch, I know, Stephanie, you want to jump in on this tunnel that, that was proposed. Can you, oh, can you just explain that? Oh, the tunnel is great. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. They want to build a tunnel from the north side of 77th Street where they have, I think it's three low-rise buildings that they are that they're going to tear down and build within their right offices. They own those three buildings. Okay. And uh, the tunnel, as we have been told, is for people who work in the buildings on the north side of the street to go directly into the hospital on the south side so they don't have to cross the street at the corner. They can go directly into the hospital. What they haven't been telling us is that the tunnel is also for, as an energy source, they're going to have generators on the north side of the street that will power the building of the hospital on the south side. And there are all sorts of environmental issues. The generators are going to be outside in back of the buildings, the low-rise buildings that they are building. And no one knows exactly what is underneath 77th Street, will they really be able to uh, dig this tunnel or will they run into water, other other energy uh, utilities? Um, utilities. Yeah. And so uh, they have not informed us. It's to their advantage to keep the Committee to Protect Our Lenox Hill Neighborhood in the dark until, until it happens. Yeah. Of course, you never know in New York which, when you crack open the sidewalk and you start digging and pushing things around, what, 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 what kind of wires you're going to run into. Mm-hmm. And that's also a cause of extensive delays at times with, with some of these projects. As we said at the outset, we're all in favor of a better Lenox Hill Hospital, just not a bigger one. Uh, what, uh, what is being proposed here is totally out of character with the neighborhood. The idea of keeping uh, the hospital operational while they add a large new hospital on top of it, uh, is, is, is extraordinarily painful for the neighborhood. Chat GBT checked, <laughs> and the longest renovation uh, on any hospital in the world was, was one in Scandinavia, which was six years long. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so you know, this a, a reno- is double a, that more than, yeah. Renovation is a year or two. This, this right. is an right. 11-year, quote, renovation, and uh, this is unprecedented. 
It's unprecedented for, for us, the neighbors. It's unprecedented for the hospital staff, the doctors and the nurses. And you've got to imagine it's unprecedented for the patients, most of whom come here voluntarily. And if you have your choice of going to Sinai or NYU or any of the other great hospitals uh, in New York uh, or the one under construction at Lenox Hill, we think we know what they're going to choose, where you're going to go. Zach, I want to thank you for having us. And everybody who's listening, please get on our website, savelenoxhill.org. Sign our petition. Read why we don't want this hospital construction to happen. And I thank you very much for the opportunity to speak here. Well, thank you both to both of you, Andy Gaspar, Stephanie Reckler, the Committee to Protect Our Lenox Hill Neighborhood. I'm Zach Fink, Director of External Affairs here at Davidoff, Hutcher, and Citron. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening.